Every now and then in your life, you have to decide where you want to go and what you want your life to be. This year, our church has decided we want to cut a new path. And every now and then, and you, when you're starting to you know, talk through this whole idea of cutting a new path, you have to have an image in your mind. So I want you to watch a graphic that we have. And in this graphic, it pictures a guy standing on a road. And as he's walking down the road, there's the old road to the right. And then there's a new road he's cutting. This is what I want you to see for this year. I want you to see yourself cutting a new path, making a decision to do something different. Now, let me show you our big question for the year. Every year I try to answer one question. How do you cut a new path for your life? How do you do this? It's one thing to say I want to do something. It's another thing to have a plan to do it. The plan to me is very simple. If you're going to cut a new path, you have to start with yourself, not with anybody else. And so the first thing I want you to do is say, build a better me. If you're going to have something new happen in your life, it starts with you building a better you. That's where it all starts. The second thing you got to do is build a better vision. If you're going to have the life you want, you've got to see better. Third thing you've got to have is a better financial foundation. And the last thing you've got to have is better leaders. So send them with you, please. Say, build better leaders. Build a better foundation. Financially. Build better vision. And build a better me. That's how you do it. Now, the reason you need to build better leaders is because better fathers, better pastors, better mothers, better teachers make things better. You also have to also build a better financial foundation. Now, money is important. Some people get really uncomfortable when you talk about money in church. I just gets on my nerves. I hate it. Like, I'll oh, stop being so nervous. You need money. You can't do this. You just can't. And, and for some of you, the biggest issue in your life is finances. So I'm going to spend some time this year talking about building better leaders, how to be a better father, mother, better boss, better pastor. And then I'm going to talk about a financial foundation, building a better financial foundation so that you can be financially free. I didn't say rich. Nothing wrong with that if you get to be there. But the main thing is that you're free. Can I get an amen to that? Huh? Amen. And then we're going to talk about build better vision. You have to see. If you can't see, you can't do. The biggest advantage of exposure is it shows you things. You dream differently. If you are around people who have never had certain experiences, you'll never think about it. But then it all starts and all hinges on you not focusing on somebody else. So for 30 days, I want you to focus on building a better you. Ready? Get your hand signals ready. Come on, get your hands up. Say building. A better, a better me. me. That means you can't talk about your wife, your husband, your family, your father, your mother, or anybody else, your siblings, your sister, because sometimes that's your favorite topic. Let me tell you why my life is miserable. Because of my sister. She's a hag. I mean, you do. You have this whole thing. And anybody you meet, you tell them about your rotten sister and what she did to you and how she, she, she was a favorite or whatever, right? And if you're not careful, you do that about relationships, and it's always something about somebody else. So for one month, 30 days, I'm asking you to please focus on yourself. Building a better you 
Overcoming by faith wants to help the community build a better overcoming by faith. It starts with you building your house, your family, your life, you. So today, we're going to focus on just us. Now, one of the keys to becoming better and building a better you is making a decision. Number one, deciding that you will not be fragile. If you're fragile, it's going to be hard to build you. Because every time the hammer comes, you go, ouch! Every time God tries to screw something in your brain, you squint. So working on you is difficult. And so today we'll talk about building a better you by not being so fragile. Now, there are, in, there, there are probably four things that I want you to keep in mind <clears throat> that will help you be better, help you be a better person. Now, in your notes, there's a flaw, okay? So if you're following me in your notes, I want to expose my error, and then you can just say, oh, well, most churches don't get notes anyway, right? So I feel like it's okay. Here you go. You ready? For you to remember things, normally it's easier if it's symmetrical. So repeat the topic with me, please. Say, how to build a better you. The sub says, don't be fragile, right? Each main thing you say in the sermon, I'm sorry for the sermon lesson, is called a main division. Can you say main division? It's the main division, right? So the first main division that you have is incorrect. It should say four things that can keep you from being a better you. Can you say that with me, please? Four things that can keep you from being a better you. What you have is a redundant statement that doesn't work, and I apologize for the error. But let's talk about four things that can keep you from having a better life. One we will talk about today. One we talked about last month. Last month, I talked about being faithless, not being courageous and not really being confident in what you believe. We talked about that for several weeks over the last several months. So I'm going to talk about that. The next word we're going to talk about today, everybody said the word fragile. If you're going to have a better life, build a better you, you can't be a person who doesn't believe. You've got to decide what you believe and stick with it. And make sure what you believe is correct. I'm going to do a whole sermon series down the road on how we've gotten away, uh, we've gotten into rather wrong beliefs. The Bible is my guide. I have strong beliefs that it has the answers for my life. And that's part of my belief system. So how I love, how I manage my money, how I manage my life, how I, how I deal with issues, conflicts, all that flows through Scripture. But if you are a person who is fragile... It's hard for that to happen. So we'll talk about being fragile today. Next week, we'll talk about being a person who's fearful. If you are a scary person, some things can never happen in your life. And then lastly, if you are a fake person. So say all four with me, please. Say faithless, Faithless. fragile, Fragile. fearful, Fearful. and fake. So we're going to start today with fragile. We've already talked about faithless in our past studies. I want you to look with me, and let me show you, if I can, five habits that can help you avoid becoming fragile. But I first want you to think about this for a minute before we deal with that. Why are you so easily broken? That is the question for today. Why are you so easily broken? Why why can't someone talk to you? Why are you so uptight? I mean, every little thing bothers you. Who can talk to you about things that you need to be spoken to about? Who can talk to you about your tone? Who can talk to you about the way you look, your dress? Who can, 
do you allow anybody into your life to speak to you? But are you too fragile to handle that? You get too offended. As a matter of fact, what you do when you meet people, you always tell them about what, what bothers you. I was dating this guy, and he broke my heart. That's how you introduce yourself. And you tell everybody all your, all your stories of brokenness. And you like to watch broken stories. And I'm not saying there's, nothing, there's something wrong with, you know, being a person who is sensitive and, and caring. But there's a difference between being that kind of person and being a person who's so fragile that everything offends you. And you know it's true because you always talk about it. You have this long list when people talk to you of people who bothered you. Well, they did bother me. Okay, I agree. So what's the value in that? Help me understand. What is the value in that for you? Introducing yourself by a problem. Introducing yourself by what your daddy did or what your mother did. At some point in your life, you have to pause and decide, is this a good strategy? And if it's not a good strategy, what can you do about it? So let me give you five things you can do. You ready? The first thing I want to advise you to do is to be prayerful. Ephesians chapter 3, verse 14. Paul talks about this whole subject. And in describing, and understand this, he's going to chapter 4, and we'll get there in a minute. And his goal is to tell them, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. His goal is to say, don't be fragile, guys. Be strong. Before he gets there, he's telling them how to get there. The first thing he says is, be prayerful. Verse 14 of Ephesians chapter 3. For this reason, I bow my knees to the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Paul was a praying guy. Prayer is at the front end of helping you be strong and not fragile. If you're a praying person, you can change everything. And it needs to be honest praying, not phony praying. Secondly, you need to be emotionally strong. So say these two with me, please. Say, be prayerful, be emotionally strong. If you want to avoid becoming a fragile person, you need to work on becoming an emotionally strong person. Verse 16 says this. Here's why you pray, that he would grant you, according to the riches of his glory, to be strengthened, whereat With might through his spirit in the inner man. God's biggest goal is to help you inside. My struggle is internal. A lot of people are really good at faking externally. They look okay. They sound okay. But there's a brokenness in them. And, and so you need to say, I want to change that. If I'm going to become a better person, if I want to become a person who improves, I cannot be so fragile internally. Everything can't put me in an emotional roller coaster. And thirdly, I must decide that I'm going to become rooted and grounded, stable, verse 17. That Christ, you pray, that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you being rooted and grounded in love, you want to be a stable, rooted person. So how deep are your roots? How, how consistent are you? Do you start and stop a lot? Commit and uncommit? Do and not do? Saying, then don't really follow through? There's something about that demanding process of praying and talking to God Allowing him to work on the inside of you, deepening your roots. What happens in the end is you become clear. It's number four in your notes. Verse 18 of chapter 3 of Ephesians. That you may, you pray that you may be, that you may be able to comprehend. The goal is to get you to be able to comprehend with all the saints. 
And here's what you need to comprehend. What's the width, the length, the depth, and the height? The goal is to give you a broad knowledge, a broad understanding. I do better when I understand. When I understand, and, and this is so true in my life, when you understand how to manage a house, you do better. For example, something really simple. When you allow clothing to pile up to wash, you just look at them and they go, eh. <laughs> Comprehending, understanding, being clear in your mind about things makes life better. I, I learned something about me. Staying in front of your money helps you. Letting it pile up hurts you. You have to come to grips with how to manage this house, this money, car, whatever it is. There's something about understanding. A lot of times the problem is we don't understand. If you want to avoid being a fragile person, you need to become a clear person. And that's what you pray for. And what that leads to is the last thing is confidence. So say them with me, please. Come on. Say, be prayerful. Be, prayerful. be, emotionally, strong. be emotionally strong. Be rooted and grounded. Be, grounded. be, clear. be clear. Be confident. Be confident. Here's what confidence sounds like. Now to him who's able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think, according to the power that works in us. The whole goal is to get you to a place where you experience this life. He said, I'm able to do it. You can be confident of that. I'm able to do it. I can, I can even do more than you can think of and ask me for it. But you have to decide you want this. I just got tired of always being so fragile. Not being clear. Not, a lot of guys don't like the ministry because it's not, it's not clear to them. They don't know what they're doing. They're struggling. Sermon preparation. It just gets on their nerves. And then if they do grow and then people come, they don't know what to do with people. They don't know how to organize. They don't know how to administrate. They get money and don't know how to manage the money. Everything, everything is hard. Some of you right now, you prayed for these children. Oh, yes, you did. Some of you said, no, they just showed up. Okay. However they came, you were involved. I'll leave it there. So now you're here and you're frustrated. You prayed for this job. You went to school for it. You got a degree in it. And you go there every day with a grumpy face. Help me understand. How did you get to be this person? What, why is it? And I, I can tell you part of it is you're not clear. That's why you're not confident. When you become clear, you change. Your whole approach to things change. How you feel about things change. When you start learning, okay, I need to wash a little bit every day, keep the pile down, hang up stuff, put stuff up so the house doesn't get messy. When I take things in pieces and not make them big chunks, when I, when I understand the importance of preparation, that I know I have to be at work tomorrow at 5 o'clock in the morning, so I probably need to go to bed you know, this is, I, I need to be clear about that. I, I need to get to a point where I'm, that's rooted and grounded in my mind. 
okay, this, this conversation is about to get ugly. It always does. Let me not be fragile. Let me just say, hey, look, I'm so sorry. We must be on different streets. I apologize. Um, let me think about what you said and come back to it. Just give me a minute. Just take a step back. Somebody be big, big, a grown person, right? Why, why, why are we saying big, bad words and, and you know, the big ones you know? Why, why am I still cussing when I'm upset? Why am I stomping my fists? Why am I mad? Why? How old are you? Really? How did your family get to be so fragile that every single thing is a long fight, a long argument? So why, why do we have to call, this is interesting, the police department to come in here and tell two Christians who got overcome by faith t-shirts on. I'm just saying, please take it off before they get there. That'll help me out. You just take off your t-shirts. Obviously, I'll be right back. Change. Put another church name on there, your old church. Put the old church t-shirt back on. <laughs> wow. Why is that necessary? Why are you getting high every day? I'm just trying to understand. Why are you getting drunk? What's the problem? What is it? What happened? What? What? Okay. Say preach it. No, I say preach it. There you go. <laughs> they used to say in the Baptist church, preach it. They used to say preach it. I know they used to say that. Preach it. Go on, preach it. <laughs> Here are three reasons that some people remain fragile. You ready? Three reasons. Ephesians 4, verse 11. First of all, they follow leaders that don't help them. Sometimes you stay in a place because you're with people who don't help you. And, and, and I love this verse, and I've always loved it. Ephesians 4, 11. He gave, he, and he himself gave some, God did to be apostles, and he gave some to be prophets, some to be evangelists, evangelists, and some pastors and teachers. Now, those titles are impressive. And the guys who have those titles, like me, sometimes misunderstand what that means. I'm given this title for a reason. It's not so that I can be the big man. It's not so that I can be the man of God with the power and the anointing of God. Man. I was in a church years ago, and I've said this before. This guy, he said, who is the apostle? That's what he said. He said, the Bible said, I give you power above all the power of the enemy. Acts chapter 1. Who is he talking to? Guys, they said us. The people in the church said us. He said, no. He's talking to me. That's what he said. This is the truth. I was there, man. It was amazing. It was amazing. I am the apostle. He gave it to the apostles, the prophets, the pastors, the teachers. Not to you. 
we have the power. We're the men. I said, ooh, mucky muck. <laughs> King mucky muck. I just looked at him like, you are just out of your mind. I had just graduated from Bible college. I was sitting there. And I, I know this is, I've told this, I shouldn't tell you. I'm off. I'm going to take a break. I want to tell the story real quick. So the guy, you know, the church was about a couple hundred people there, right? But, you know, he knew who was new. So his, he looked and he saw Diane and I were new. So he went, told his guys. So they came over to us and, and said, the apostle would like to see you. And so he left the stage. I guess church was over. I don't know what happened. But I, <laughs> at the end of the service, they came and got us. And they brought us in a room. So I said, okay. And he can't. I, I'm not making this up. <laughs> Who are you? <laughs> I said, Ooh, this is scary. This is scary. <laughs> I was like, I'm a first time visitor, <laughs> but it's my last time. <laughs> I will be back. <laughs> oh, my God. I'm about to take my mic off. Oh, man, that's a true story. That's a true, true story. Laura, can I get my coat back on? I don't know. Oh, that was so good. Man. Oh, God, that was amazing. That was amazing. I was stunned. I thought, okay. So, King Mucky Muck. And that's where I got that term from. That's a true story. I mean, it's amazing. I thought, okay, so... You think this title, which is an important thing because it describes what I do. I'm, a, you know, apostles are guys who are sent to help people, prophets, evangelists, teachers, talk about spiritual leaders. Those those gifts are for a reason. Look what he said. This is important. Okay. <laughs> Verse twelve. He gave these gifts for the equipping of who? The saints. We equip you. I help your life be better. You should come here and be better. If that's not what I'm doing, and, and, and if you want to read further, I'll, I'll keep going here for a minute. He said, for the equipping of the saints, for the work of the ministry. The word equipping in the Greek means to mend the bone, really. Kartartizo. It means that the bone is broken. It's a medical term. It means to we mend the bone of people. We heal, we heal people. We help them be better. For the equipping of the saints so that they can do the work of the ministry. So they can then edify the body of Christ, the rest of the Christians. And the goal is to we all come to the unity of the faith. It's all to unify us. And we've become, if you skip down to the bold part, to become a perfect man or a mature person, to reach the full measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. My goal is to help you reach your full potential, your full stature, your full measure. That's the point. That's why I'm here. So please understand that if you follow people that don't help you, you waste your time. And, and you have to really decide, is this helping me? Is this helping me? If it, you know, that, that's the goal. You'll stay fragile if you follow people that don't help you. You just cannot grow. And that brings to the second point. Three reasons why some people can remain fragile is they don't, they don't let people help them. They don't have people around them that can help them. They don't follow leaders that can help them. And number two, they have not matured properly. Verse 14 makes a statement. Here's why these leaders exist. That we may no longer be children. Tossed to and fro. I'm a little bit uncomfortable when you call me your spiritual father. I get it. I accept that. But I don't take that to an extreme. 
I, I, I think there's a value in that. I accept that role and call. But I have a boundary that I draw. I don't want to have a, a church full of children. I just don't want a bunch of children. And so young people, I'm not putting you down for being young because we've all been there. You know, you grew out of it. <laughs> you do. Faster than you know. One day you wake up and they be saying yes ma'am and no ma'am to you. It's amazing how fast it comes. And the same you is in that older body. The goal is to help you grow. But if you, if you never mature, some of the things I encounter, here's my summation of it. That's childlike. There's, there's something about being honest. My life is saying I'm not mature. The reason you're fragile is because you didn't toughen. You didn't grow. You're having the same issues you had years ago. And then thirdly, here you go, last one. They act like they're not in a fight. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10, <laughs> makes a statement, which is what I told you from the beginning. Remember, I said in chapter 3, he's heading to a big statement in chapter 6. And you have to be clear, the chapters and verses weren't, that, that, that's really not how the Bible was written. That was inserted to help you memorize it and organize it. It was really one big letter. So he starts off in chapter 3, going to chapter 6, verse 10, and here's what he says. Finally. Can you say that word, please? Come on. Finally, Finally my brethren, I want you to hear this. The last thing I'm going to tell you at the end of this conversation, closing this letter out, finally, my brethren, be what? Strong. That's what I want. This is all about that. I want you to become strong. Everything I've told you in this book is all about you becoming a strong person. I don't want you to be fragile. I want you to be able to be strong. Be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. I want you to allow God to strengthen you. He will be your source. And then he says, put on some strong armor uh, that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. He said, I want you to stand against the tricks of the devil. I want you to, to know you're wrestling. You do not, verse 12, you do not wrestle against flesh and blood. This is a wrestling match. And wrestling is not boxing. If you ever wrestled, you know it's not. It's up close and personal and you, you feel their sweat. And they feel yours. Wrestling is a very interesting sport, a very interesting process. And some of you used to wrestle with your siblings, so you know exactly what I'm talking about. But it's that put your arms around, hold on, and that's what he said this is like. This is a wrestling match, and here's the deal. I think you're fragile, and you're going to stay fragile as long as you don't realize you're in a fight. You're in a fight. If you, if you dump him around, you're asking God to deliver you, and he says, no, I'm not delivering you. You must still hang in there on that job. No. You can't be fragile. At some point in your life, you must acknowledge, I am a fighter called to fight in this life. If you have children, you are a wrestler. <laughs> if you have a job, you are a wrestler. If you have a church and you are a pastor, you are a wrestler. For me today, through three services, for this weekend, that is my job. I can't complain about it, and I shouldn't. You're a mother. Sorry. That's a fight. You're a dad. Sorry. That's part of it. There's no way around it. And I think sometimes you're going to stay in this one place forever of frustration because you refuse to admit. You want to avoid 
being a fragile person who's abused all of your life, admit where you are, which means I need to become stronger. I told the story the other day about how Diane, we were on a trip one time, and uh, when you travel a whole lot, you know, you, um, you learn how to pack, and you just kind of, there, there's certain rules you kind of develop and disciplines. And, and so we, we were on this plane, and it was a small plane, and they, you know, dropped you off at, in, on the tarmac, but you have to walk, walk, walk from the tarmac all the way to the main building and up some stairs. And I didn't know that they had, you know, about 20 stairs. And Diane's face said it all. Man, it was so inspirational. I, she, she, she looked at me, and when she got, she didn't see the stairs. I didn't see them either. You know, you're kind of walking like this, right? And when she got to the stairs, she looked up, and then she looked back at me like this. <laughs> and she said these words, Temple. Traveling with you, grabbed her bags and went marching up the stairs. I said, "You go, girl. I got me a strong one." That's what I'm talking about. I felt I had to run up the stairs and come back, you know. But girlfriend took it up. I said, "Yeah, you go. I'm the jungle woman." That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> there are moments when you can't get any help. There are moments when you got to say, "I can't be fragile right now." I can't be offended so easily. Can't let things bother me. I've got to step over that comment. I've got to step over that attitude. I've got to step over those words. I've got to step over my insecurity. Right now I'm struggling. But I can't let it dominate me. That did hurt my feelings. But I get paid too much money to worry about that. Come on, say amen here. I got too many dreams in front of me to let that get to me. Now, I want to tell you something. I've talked about being fragile all day. Some of you are going to take this sermon and use it as a weapon. (laughs) Oh, yeah, I know you. You heard, Pastor Rick, don't be fragile. (laughs) You're being fragile right now. Please don't do that. This is for you. This is for you. This is for me. Our church can't be fragile. We can't be people that are so sensitive that we can't hear things about ourselves that we need to improve. We can't be. Thank you for the input. Thank you for the insight. Thank you. Let's consider that. You're a boss over a company. Do you know why your company staff is struggling? Because you're a boss who's too fragile to hear good advice. You're an employee, and you're too fragile to hear a fair review about your tardiness, about your attitude, about your face. We didn't hire you to look like that at work. In the interview for the job, you didn't look like that. You didn't dress like that. You look better. You smile more. What what happened to all that? We didn't hire you to come in here and just because you didn't get your way. You didn't get the raise you wanted today. You blame everybody. You have to pause for a minute. So let's do that. Let's start by praying. 
Father, we lift our hands today and lift our hearts to you and we say, Lord, thank you for a word that hopefully will help us. It's okay to admit that something hurt us. We're not people who can't be hurt, but we have to be strong. We can't hold on to that person's statement or bad moment. Father, in Jesus' name, give us grace. Give us grace. Help us, God. Sometimes people do hurt us. But we got to toughen up and be strong. In the name of Jesus. When we encounter mean people who insult us, we have to be strong. In Jesus' name. Put your hands down for a second. Are you offended by somebody? Did somebody really get to you? I was in an airport and a lady was, she was, she was a stewardess, as a matter of fact. But she was, I don't know what her day was bad. And she was ordering some food. And a girl got her order wrong. And she says, ma'am, I'm so sorry. I charged you incorrectly. And the, stu- and the lady said, how dumb could you be? I just thought, wow. And the girl was, I mean, it rocked her. It just, she just really just, and she then asked her supervisor to come, and they tried quickly to get it resolved. And while they were working on it, she says, idiot, idiot, idiots, idiots. That's what she, oh, she was on a roll. And I was standing next to her, and I just stood there, and I thought, okay. In those moments, you know, do I say something to like, you're wearing that uniform really well. <laughs> she's already off the cliff. I don't need to become a second person in the fight. So I prayed for her. She left. And when it was time to serve me, she was just discombobulated in pieces. And I looked at her and I said, hey, you did good. But you're a bad girl. I said, you're fine. I said, that's her issue. That's not yours. I said, you were amazing today. And she said, thank you. It'll be whatever it is. Have a great day. I said, there you go. There you go, girl. There you go. Be strong. And when people are hurt around you, help them be strong. Lift up your brother or sister when they're hurting. So, Father, we thank you today for people in this room who've been offended, who can't get it out of their mind what somebody said to them. Let them know that that's their problem and that you're going to be strong and not let it, not let it stay in your spirit another day. And so I ask you today, Father, for people in this room who would be honest and say, God, I really needed this message. It spoke to me in all kinds of ways. Every head bowed, every eye closed. If you're here today and you said, Pastor, what I want you to pray for me about is my walk with God. What you said really spoke to me, and I realized that I need to get my life right with God. Whether you're here or home or wherever you are watching today on demand, 
If this is your moment where you'd say, God, I need you in my life, with every head bowed, every eye closed, I want you simply to raise your hand so I can pray for you. Who would say pray for me, Pastor? I see two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, fifteen, twenty. My goodness, about thirty, forty people. God bless all of you. Father, I lift up everybody's hand to you, and I declare by faith in Jesus' name. I declare in Jesus' name. Raise your hands one more time. I want to see who I'm praying for. I'm praying for one, two, three, four, five, seven, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, about twenty-three. Yeah, about forty, y'all. Father, I pray for these, and I declare that every single one of them, their lives would never be the same. That at the beginning of this day, they're saying, Jesus, be the Lord of my life. I surrender my life to you. I trust you. And I ask you to let this be the changing moment for my life. May I never be the same. And I give you all the glory and all the honor. Whether they be here or at home, God, touch them. On their job, in the car, watching this, listening to this on demand, wherever they are, heal them today. And we declare by faith their lives will never be the same. And everybody say, amen. Jesus died so you can pray that prayer and be free. Can you give the Lord a big hand clap for it? Right, start over again. Come on, give God a big hand.